Welcome to one of the most fascinating podcasts on the planet, Jerseys and Heels, bringing women into the game. Hi, I'm your host, Haley Hunt, and I am bringing you behind the scenes at what real life looks like for some of the biggest names and most inspiring people in sports. And now for this week's episode. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Nope, you're Testing good. One, two, three. All right, we're on. We're in the middle of, where are we? Payson Park Training Center, oh. Indian Town, Florida. You said it's one of the best tracks in the world? It is. It's been computer tested with sensors on thoroughbreds' feet as to slip, traction, and it comes in one of the top three in the country. Wow. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. So my podcast is called Jerseys and Heels. Jerseys as in, you know, sports, heels as in girls, but it's really about life being more than sports and misunderstanding, you know, people, things, whatever, and learning more about life. And so one of the sports that I've always been interested in, but it's kind of intimidating to me, is horsing and horses, equestrian. Sure. It's one of the most beautiful sports that I've ever um, experienced or seen. Um, and so thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. You're welcome. Um, what is your role here, real quick? So I'm the general manager of, it's a 400 acre facility. We have five of the top trainers of the world here. We have 500 of the best horses. It's very elite um, from October to May only. In kind of layman's terms, it's like the spring training, uh, spring training camp of, of thoroughbreds. Really? We have a mile racetrack, one of the best, and we have a seven-eighths of a mile turf course, which is wow. my pride and joy, very nice as well. And that's unique to have at a training center. We have turnout paddocks that a lot of uh, training centers don't have. We have about five miles of English hacking trails through the woods. Wow, on this property? All on this property, yep. So let me ask you, I, I Googled, you know, we're in Payson Park. The first thing that comes up on Google is Payson Park, where the billionaires keep their horses. Yeah. Is that true? true? That's true. We have, so out of the- Can you name drop a little? Sure. So out of the 500, <laughs> out of the 500 horses here, there's probably not one that you couldn't buy a house with to start with. Mm. <laughs> we have horses for the Queen of England that are here. We have horses for, oh my God, all the sheiks. Um, oh my Lord. From yeah. Dubai. So do they come here and see their horses? They do. Wow. And um, um, Bill Parcells has his horses here. Really? Coach, and we have a lot of good people come out, you know, that, uh, that have pieces in horses and just come out with their friends to see them. But pretty much all type of businesses. Wow, um, that's incredible. Owners of, of corporations, yeah, that kind of thing. And the, the, you know, some of them we don't know because they're in partnerships and there's of racing Of course, names. and there's secret stuff, yeah. Right, but if if you're up there, you probably got a piece of a horse here. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so um, it's funny, before we started the podcast, we were talking about um, uh, where I was from, loving college football, my dad playing for Bear Bryant. You coming from the North, thinking, 
You don't know anything about Coach Bryant, Bear Bryant. <laughs> and what, I mean, did he train horses? What so, happened? So Bear Bryant's best friend in life was Henry Forrest, who was a very prominent horse trainer wow. from Alabama. In fact, Henry Forrest named all his kids. <laughs> Cub was the son, and Jenny Lee was the daughter, and they called her, uh, she was nicknamed after Bear's wife, I can't remember, but. Mary? Could have been, but Mary Beth, or, but anyway, the Henry Farr's kids were named after Bear Bryant, but they were the best of friends. Wow. So, so Bear Bryant would, would occasionally off season hang out with Henry at the races and, and my dad and TJ Kelly and Henry Forrest and Bear Bryant, you know, would, would, would get together and probably throw a few back. Unbelievable. <laughs> okay, that's crazy. Uh, okay, so I'm looking, oh, the reason that we were talking about that is because I said, those rings on your finger, I have never, guys, if you're listening to this, let me just tell you, first of all, let me set you the tone. If, if, you've, if you're watching, then you can see how incredible this is, but we're on this insanely wide horse track that has white sand. I feel like I'm on the beach. It's weird. Like yeah. the Kentucky Derby slash ocean, <laughs> except it's hot. Well, you had the three Derby horses training here till just a couple weeks ago. That's wild. Literally bouncing around here. So I'm looking at his rings right now. They look like Super Bowl rings. There's diamonds on them, um, uh, national championship rings, but there's horses on them. Where did you get those so rings? So these, these rings are from Chicago. These were leading, uh, they, well, he would be Rookie of the Year, but it was Rising Star Award. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and, and you have two and of leading, them. Leading trainer, leading trainer, and then Rising Star Award. So you you are a leading trainer. You were. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. I had, a, I had a pretty good go. So when you were younger, and your dad kept a little secret from you, can you can you tell me about that? What happened? Kept a lot of secrets <laughs> from me, but. Your dad we, was a horse trainer. Yeah, very prominent Hall of Famer, um, one of the best that ever did it. Great reputation, but. You know, he, so he worked, we worked for John Forsythe, the actor, the Reynolds family, a Reynolds medal. Wow. A lot of the Whitney's, a lot of the DuPonts, the Vanderbilts, the Phipps family. Those were all his clients. And one time we, um, we, we were racing New York in Meadowlands and he wanted to ride over to Meadowlands with me and stop in the city. And when we, I, I, he didn't tell me why, and we were training some horses for Jacqueline Getty and uh, J. Paul Getty family, Getty Gas. Wow. And when we went in the restaurant, it was um, Elizabeth Taylor that met us. And she had, she had had ownership in these horses. And because of the divorces with her and Richard Burton, she kind of like, went a roundabout way to keep her, her, her parts of them, uh, leased them out. But anyway, she was owning two or three of the horses that, that we were racing, I didn't even know it. So did you but meet her? But it was kind of, oh yeah. Was she beautiful? She was beautiful and her eyes were literally purple. Wow. They were violet. Incredible. Just like they say. So she, uh, Pop had known her and she had had pieces of horses with us and and, uh, and because of the low, the high profile, I never knew it. Wow. I mean, I knew it after that. Yeah. But he said, he, he said, Daddy, I don't think I'm gonna trust you with that. You might, you might just open your mouth up. So, so he just kept it quiet. I mean, afterwards, it was, it was kind of a fact. Wow. And I guess there was, you know, statute of limitations had run out to any wrongdoing, but it was all pretty. Thank legit. God you told us some really cool stuff here, ladies and gentlemen. Elizabeth Taylor used to own horses. She did. Yeah. Okay. So, 
everyone wants to know. It's the hot topic here, and we need to know from an expert, what about the Kentucky Derby? But first I want to ask you, who did you have your money on? <laughs> I'm <just> so, kidding. <laughs> that's a really sore subject. I know, but, for you, for you? But I usually piddle around in box pacing horses. <laughs> I did get a couple across uh, the board bets on the pacing horses, but I wanted to box them as I normally did. What does that mean? So I would have used them in exactas and tries. Okay. Um, I got shut off my account. I, I <laughs> went to get back on. The phone tower that had my location got hit by lightning. Oh, I didn't man. get to play my exacta bet. I would have invested $330, got back 32 And if I'd have just gone a little farther with the try, a dollar try paid 11000 Oh, man. And I could have just, and I would have just, Forget trying to hit the race. I would have just done my my six dollar, of course, pacing bet like I do everywhere they run. If they run in Florida, or Kentucky, or New York, I just take you know that horse is a pacing, that horse is a pacing, that horse is a pacing. I box it for a bus with six bucks. If I yeah. had done that, I'd have got back three thousand. Yeah, <laughs> I so, didn't do it. So so country horse is country, or country house. house horse is running in the race. It's rainy. Right. They say that the other horse did what so with the amount of horses in the derby there's usually a lot of bumping it's usually a little bit of a rough run race it's overlooked which is allowed yes to a certain extent i mean you shouldn't be bumping in a small field okay because it can throw off but when you're running 20 horses and it's a chance of one time. Remember, yeah. these are three-year-olds. You never get another chance to run at a derby again because once, once you turn, you know, four, you're you're out. Yeah. So when I saw it, I was like, man, he came out, and there was there was some, you know, there was some closeness there, but you know, nobody really thought that they would take it down. I mean, you know, Bob Baffert, who's won five derbies, was like, they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have took it down. Mm. So I heard that Chad Johnson and I were just talking. He said, I don't even watch race horsing or horse racing, but of course everyone's interested. There was a pile uh, or a puddle of water right in front of the horse. And it said that it was trying to avoid that. And I asked you if it was the jockey's fault or the horse's fault. So it had rained like it has every derby. It, the track was sloppy, period. There's, there's, he was in front every step of the way. When he turned for home, he came out. Now he, there wasn't like a horse next to him, but he did he did lose his path. There's pictures of photographers standing on the inside on the inside rail that it looks like he ducks at looks at. There's actually proof that the horse that he bothered, instead of him staying inside where he'd have been clear, he kind of came out and ran into the back of him. Oh, really? So, through a lot of closer examinations, 20 minutes in the derby was unbearable, I can't imagine, because wow. nobody thought it would have come down. But through editing and filming and slow motion, you can really pick it apart now. There has been a federal lawsuit uh, claimed by Mr. West to, wow. to overturn it. Um, obviously, I'm dear friends with Jason Service and my heart feels for him. It's never happened in history, but in 
this particular case, it ended up, you know, Payson Park, we ended up one, two, three in it. I would have been tickled to death for second, third, and fourth. Would have yeah. been just its own right. So the, the horses that you have out here were all in the Derby, three of them. Yes, three That's of them came out of this. Two for one trainer and one for uh, Suge McGehu, who won the Derby out of here with Orb a few, a few years ago. Wow. That's incredible. Um, okay, we want to know how, you know, jockeys are so small. They're smaller. Obviously, we know why the jockeys are small. You know, the less sure. weight, right? Is that it's well, they they have sense. to. Some countries let you carry more weight, so the jocks don't have to go through as heavy a um, a diet. They could be a little bigger, but this country, they're still. You know, we're still in those very low hundreds. Where do you find those guys? Too? So they find themselves. They're small, and. <laughs> Okay. So they are probably pound for pound the toughest athletes wow. in the world. I'm not sure that a rider, a good rider, that's racing on seven, eight, maybe maybe as many as nine, ten horses a day, looks in the mirror in the morning and says, you know, I got ten chances of dying today. Wow. So it's tough. It, it takes a lot to really to to keep you mentally up there. You go, you take hard spills, you break every bone in your body, and to come back and and do it again is. Um, I I always said they're probably not as crazy as the steeplehorse jockeys. Yeah, they're, serious. They're, but uh, they're they're going a little slower. But anyway, they're fantastic athletes. What is their diet? Because they have to. So everybody has their own diets and their own systems. Um, I'm sure that Lafitte Pinquet, who was one of the best, he he swore he lived off nuts. Really? But yeah, he ate. There were a lot of protein and and you know very low weight and so every everybody's system is different. Do they have to weigh in before the? Oh yeah, they weigh in very wow. strict before and after, and then their weight is compensated by uh, the saddle. So wow. if if that horse is in with a light weight, they're going to go to a lighter saddle. If if they're carrying more weight, they'll actually use what they call a lead pad, which will go under the saddle, and that weight will be balanced. It's checked through, my brother is actually the clerk of scales, Tim Kelly in New York, and he, he checks that weight before it goes in, before wow. they go out, when they come back. It's all on a scale that goes to computers, goes to the stewards, cameras. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it really is. That is uh, amazing. So we, I just want to ask you one last thing before uh, we go. And thank you so much for having us. This is so cool. And I would love to come back when the horses are here. Absolutely. Too. Anytime. I, um, so the horses aren't here right now. But right. what is um, one of the most inspiring uh, things about the equestrian life? Uh, being around these horses, what do you learn, a life lesson that... It, that you know about or have that you believe in from what you've learned from horses, training horses? So, a couple things. People that own horses have big personalities. Okay. Um, some wives don't always like their, their inheritance going towards their old friends. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're phenomenally amazing creatures. I've had some really mean players because of their value. We can't always uh, uh, castrate them or geld them or neuter them. 
uh, the studs and they can be mean. I've looked down my shed and seen the meanest horse in the barn just licking my daughter at two years old, got yeah. holding my breath that he doesn't take her head off. And, <laughs> you know, I would walk up, the ears would pin, he never bothered her. So they have that great sense. They're majestic animals. They learn, you learn, they talk to you, but you takes years to learn it. You know, their habits, are they standing at the front of the stall? Is that look in their eye comfortable? Is that look in their eye confident? Uh, are they eating well? Uh, are they taking little jabs at you with their feet or teeth to tell you, look, I'm ready to run, man. I'm done training. Wow. Let's, yeah. let's, let, let's go race. So reading them and building that rapport uh, takes a long time. Uh, I mean, it's just something Kind of like that, you have to do in a relationship, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and probably a lot more time but that, that rapport that a human and horse has goes back so far. You know, I, my dad told me to fire a guy one time. I didn't know why. He got on a plane and said, I'm going to Florida. I'll be back. He said, I want you to let that groom go. And I said, Pop, I can't let him go. I'm already, you know, we're already shorthanded. So I didn't fire him. He come back. He said, see, that groom's still there. He wouldn't tell me why. Finally, you know, he fired him and he goes, look, I know that horse. And when I duck under the stall to go in and see how he's doing to feel joints or give him a peppermint and he runs to the back of the stall, mm -hmm. there's not a good relationship with that with that groom. Wow. So, I mean, little things like that. He, he never wanted me to, to he didn't want to tell me. He wanted me to pick those things up. Absolutely. So it's it's watching them. They talk to you. You just got to know how to read them. Well, you are full of knowledge and wisdom, and this is an incredibly fun uh, place, and this has been an amazing podcast, and I really appreciate you sharing. No, you're sharing. really welcome. I appreciate you coming down here and, and uh, supporting Pacing and, you know, Pacing Park, and, you know, it's just amazing that we had three, three, uh, three derby horses out of here, and we have some of the biggest trainers in the country and the world come here. Wow. We're open to the public, and everybody's welcome, but it's an amazing place, and I thank you for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here. No worries. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Jerseys and Heels because they are more than jerseys and we are more than heels. I hope you had a great time. Come join the party on Twitter and Instagram. You can also like and subscribe. We want to hear from you wherever you are listening, iTunes, Spotify. And then if you'd like to email us, you can email us at team at jerseysandheels.com. 